God, we just lift you up today. We lift up your name in this place because you are worthy. You are a risen Lord. We're thankful today, God, that we can we can celebrate. Not a God that's far away and distant and out of touch, but God, a God that is alive and risen today. A God that paid it all for us. That paid the price for everything that we could have never paid ourselves. He not only lived a perfect life, he not only gave himself willingly for us on the cross, but he's a risen Lord. He's alive today, and that's the reason that we celebrate. So today, we do worship you. We do give you all of our praise and all of our glory. We give you everything today, Lord, because you're worthy. Lord, as we continue our worship and time of offering today, we don't only return to you just a portion of our finances. Lord, we give you our hearts, we give you our lives, we open up to receive from you. Lord, that's a part of, of this relationship. That's a part of our worship today, understanding that we could never give to you anything in comparison to what you have already given to us. But Lord, we give you everything that we can. We give you our hearts, we give you our lives, we give you this time. Have your way in this place. God, we're so thankful that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us today. It's available to us. So, Lord, today we celebrate our risen Lord. Would you put your hands together today and celebrate the risen Lord? Our ushers are going to prepare to come and receive our morning tithes and offerings. You can be seated for just a moment today. Let this worship team know how much you appreciate them leading us in worship. Job. Awesome job today. We've already prayed for the offerings so they can go ahead and begin to pass those. If you'll turn your attention to the screen, we've got a video today that will share with you uh, some things leading into our sermon. So what difference does Jesus make in your life? I'm not so fresh. Thank you. 
Have you ever thought about how every date in history has been impacted and in some senses has a direct connection to Jesus? Every date. Not just the religious ones like Easter and Christmas. No, every single date. Your birth date, your anniversary, yesterday's date, today's date, April 21st, 2019 AD. All of these dates are dated in relation to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every date that you write, in fact, every date that anyone writes, every date that even an atheist writes uses Jesus as the point of reference. 2018, 2019, 2020, 2019 years from what? From the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus made a big difference in the world. Not only did it split history, B.C. and A.D., but the other thing it did was it validated Jesus' identity. It proved that he was who he claimed to be. See, over the course of history, many people have claimed to be God. But Jesus distinguished himself by claiming that he would die and be resurrected, and he did just that. And he walked around Jerusalem for 40 days afterwards. Imagine you seeing, observing somebody being executed you see them die, you're, you're part of, of, of that whole process. They're buried, they're put in the grave, and then a couple days later, you see them walking around town. How crazy would that be? You're like, that's the guy that died. He's back. <laughs> Jesus also proved by the resurrection that there's life after death. That, that this world is not all there is to the story. But that's not all. Jesus made a difference in our world not just by defining history, not just by proving that he was God by doing what he said he would do and doing what no one else could. He not only proved that there's life after death, but Jesus taught us an important lesson about how to handle challenges and difficulties, obstacles and hurt and pain that we experience in our life. See, I believe we're living in a culture that asks the question, what difference does Jesus make? And specifically, people look around our world and they see how messed up it is. And they see the pain and the hurtful things that happen to them, that happen to others. And the bad things that are happening all around. And they ask, how could Jesus make a difference in a world that's so messed up? And they ask things like, how could a God of love allow these terrible things to happen? And honestly, I love the questions. There's nothing wrong with asking the questions. God can handle the tough questions. And in fact, I think he wants us to ask. Over the last several weeks, we've been taking a close-up look at who Jesus is and the difference that he makes. We've been looking specifically at the people that Jesus encountered on his way to the cross and the difference that he made in their lives. Today we're looking at the difference that Jesus makes to the hurting. And we're going to look at a person who had more than their fair share of pain and difficult situations. In fact, a person that probably experienced more suffering than any one of us here ever has. Jesus profoundly impacted this person's life in a big way. And this person knew Jesus better than just about anyone else could. 
because Jesus called this person mother. So turn with me to John chapter 19. You can turn in your physical paper Bibles. If you've got a Bible app on your phone or smart device, you can do that. You can follow along with the scriptures on the screen. But while you're turning to John 19, think back with me on the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Remember the angel that appeared to a young teenage girl and told her that she was highly favored and chosen by God to be the mother of the Messiah. Mary's reply is a testimony to all of us of an incredible submission to God's call. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Oh man, that we would respond to God's call the same way. Mary sang at the announcement of Jesus' birth. I think about Jesus' first miracle and how it seems that Jesus wasn't even desiring to do a miracle that day. But Mary came and told Jesus they've run out of wine. And despite Jesus saying that his time had not yet come, Mary instructed the servants to do whatever he said for them to do. Once again, she understood the importance of just being willing and obedient. Jesus ended up turning the water into wine. Because Mary saw Jesus for who he really was. Mary followed the life and ministry of Jesus. She was often present as an active follower. We don't really know what happened to Joseph. It's likely that he didn't live as long as Jesus did because he's not present at the end of Jesus' life. So it's, it's, it's widely believed that possibly he died before Jesus. But Mary was a witness to much of Jesus' life and ministry. And that's where we find her in John 19 once again being a witness to an important moment in Jesus' life says this in verse 17 carrying his own cross he went out to the place of a skull which in Aramaic is called Golgotha there they crucified him and with him two others one on each side and Jesus in the middle Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross it read Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews many of the Jews read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and the sign was written in Aramaic Latin and Greek the chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write king of the Jews, they said, but this man claimed to be king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. And pay attention to verse 25. It says, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Everybody abandoned Jesus. His disciples and his own siblings ran away, but Mary stayed with him throughout his ordeal on the cross Despite the terrible cost that it must have been for her to witness it, Mary stood at the foot of the cross. She witnessed her son be betrayed, falsely accused, wrongly sentenced, beaten, humiliated, stripped naked, and executed in the most excruciatingly painful way, death by public crucifixion. Can't help but be reminded of when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord, and Simeon took Jesus in his hands and he blessed him and he prophesied to Mary about Jesus that he was destined to cause the, the falling and the rising of many in Israel. And he also told Mary that the day would come that a, a sword would pierce her own soul. And this was the day that those words were fulfilled. 
Many people experience painful situations in life. All of us have difficulties and challenges and struggles of many kinds. Many people here today have lost loved ones, maybe recently. Maybe even lost some that were too young. But imagine Mary watching her 33-year-old son, the son that was God's promised Messiah, the Savior, the miracle worker, the one that had saved others from death. Imagine watching him die in the manner that Mary had to watch Jesus die. Today we're talking about the difference that Jesus makes to the hurting. And I want to share with you the model that Jesus gave us for dealing with pain in life. It's what Jesus did on the worst days of his life and how he handled the pain. The Bible doesn't tell us much about what happened to Mary on the three days that Jesus was murdered, that he was in the grave, and that he came back to life. But I can tell you, whatever she was doing, she was being obedient to the will of God because that's what she did all of her life. 1 Peter 2.21 tells us this, God has called you to endure suffering. What does that mean? It's not exciting. No one, no one is clapping over, over that, but it means that we're all going to go through difficult times. It's the reality of the situation. God's called you to endure suffering because Christ suffered for you. He also left you an example so that you could follow in his footsteps. Aren't you thankful that we have an example to follow from Jesus himself? Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, modeled what to do in the worst days of our life, when we encounter painful situations in life, when there's deep hurt, when, strategy, when tragedy strikes, when it feels like life is shattered and in pieces, we have an example of what to do. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection happened over three days. Friday was the day of pain and suffering and agony when Mary stood at the foot of the cross. Saturday, no doubt, was the day of loss and grief and confusion Misery for Mary. She was feeling the loss of her son and the loss of hope. But Sunday, Sunday was a day of joy and celebration and victory. When Mary realized that Jesus did indeed conquer death, hell, and the grave. Now here's the thing, in all of our lives, we're going to experience all three of those days. Some of you right now are in a day of pain. Some of you today may be in a day of doubt and confusion. Hopefully you'll get to a day of joy and victory, but, but we're often going to go through these three days, and there's three questions that we likely ask in those situations. Number one is, what do I do in my days of pain? It's a fair question. How do I get through my days of doubt and confusion? And how do I get to my days of victory? Regardless where you are on the journey of life today at this moment, you need this message. Because even if things are great right now, life is full of all three of these days. There's going to be good days, bright days, beautiful days ahead. But there's also going to be difficult days ahead if you're not experiencing them right now. I don't wish it on you by any means, but there will be bad days ahead in your life. Days of tragedy and pain, but Jesus set an example for us by what he did in the worst days of his life and the difference that he makes in the worst days of our lives is something that we need to know. So let's look together at these three days that we will all encounter. The first question we ask, what to do in the day of pain? Friday was that day for Mary. Imagine what it was like. She experienced the pain of having to watch this happen to her son. I mean, it's one thing to have something bad happen to you. We can almost all tolerate that. But imagine your son going through and enduring what Jesus endured and you being there to witness it all and being powerless to stop it in any way. Friday was a day of pain for Jesus. 
I don't have enough time to tell you all the details about the physical pain that he endured, but he was beaten and whipped, wounded, spit on, slapped. His beard was plucked out. He was struck, stuck with a crown of thorns into his skull. He was scourged 40 times with a, a cat of nine tails. And you think, well, 40 times doesn't sound like it's, it's that bad. The reason they call it a cat of nine tails is because it has nine parts to this whip that on the end has bone and stone and glass. And it's designed to cut into the flesh and rip the skin off of the bones. So it wasn't just 40 stripes that Jesus had on his back. It was 40 times 9. He had 360 stripes on his back before he ever got to the cross. Then he was nailed to a cross, which is one of the worst forms of execution, slow and painful, where you eventually actually die from suffocation. Jesus experienced the most physical pain that you possibly can, but it wasn't just the physical pain. It was the emotional pain, the psychological and the spiritual pain. How would you like to be betrayed and falsely accused, abandoned by those who claimed that they would never leave you? How would you like to be stripped naked and executed for all to see? Imagine the pain that it must have been. And then the spiritual pain as Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? One thing that you can be certain about with Jesus is that he understands our pain. He understands every pain that we go through. He's experienced pain on a level that we can never imagine, yet he sympathizes with us in our pain. Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus understands our weaknesses, for he faced the same trials and temptations that we do, yet he never sinned. Hebrews 2.18 says that since Jesus went through the suffering and the temptation, he knows what it's like to suffer and to be tempted and he is able to help us. So what do we do in the days of pain? We need to do what Jesus did. Matthew 26 gives us a model of what that is. He went to his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground. Some of you have been in that place and know it well. But Jesus prayed, My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. See, Jesus surrounded himself with people of like faith. Although the disciples weren't fully aware of what was taking place, and although the Bible tells us they couldn't even stay awake with him for one hour and pray, I think it's important that Jesus reached out to other people. But more importantly, Jesus set an example for us that he reached out to God. This passage of Scripture reminds us of three things. Number one, even the, the Son of God needs friends in the middle of pain. Even Jesus needed other people. He was careful about who he selected. It wasn't just anybody that had an invitation to the garden that night. He took his disciples, and then he took the three a little bit closer. You have to be careful who you surround yourself with in the moments of darkness in your life. But Jesus, even Jesus, needed other people. In pain, we tend to isolate ourselves. After a failure or a crisis, we don't want to be around other people. But you need to find people that are willing to watch and pray. God never intended for us to go through life alone. Jesus was real and raw and genuine. Jesus said he was overwhelmed to the point of death. He shared this with his friends. When was the last time that you were that honest with someone? The Bible says that we are to carry each other's burdens. And you need to have people 
that you can count on to do that with you in your life. That's why a church family is so important. Who are you going to call on your Friday, on your day of pain? If Jesus needed people around him, then we do too. The third thing is that even Jesus found value in reaching out to God in times of pain. Let me tell you something. If Jesus needed God, then we need God. How do you do that? Jesus did it by praying. Go to God in prayer. Three important components of Jesus' prayer. Number one is that he affirmed God's power. He said, God, I know that you can do anything. What a difficult thing to say on your darkest day. But Jesus did. The second thing that he did is he, he expressed his desire. He was honest with God. I don't want to endure this pain. God, if there's any other way than this, please show me that. It's okay to be honest to God. It's okay to make your request be made known to him. But finally, the most important thing I believe that Jesus did was he offered his trust. God, I want your will, not mine. So Jesus prayed the prayer, and shortly after, God's will is done. And the soldiers show up. Jesus is betrayed. He's arrested. He has a sham of a trial that was completely illegal. He's sentenced, beaten. He's nailed to a cross and executed. And Jesus dies. This leads us to the second thing we need to know, which is how to get through the days of confusion. Fridays are the days of pain and suffering, but Saturdays are the days of doubt and confusion. Imagine how Mary felt when she saw her son, the Son of God, the Messiah, crucified, taken down, put in a tomb, and the tomb is sealed. Mary knew that Jesus could have stopped it at any time. She saw him perform miracles. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He walked on water. Jesus could have come off the cross at any moment. But the thing that they realized on Saturday was that he wasn't going to, and he didn't. They expected Jesus to be a liberating king that brought about political change, but on Friday they saw him nailed to a cross, and on Saturday it's beginning to sink in that Jesus is dead. It seemed to be the death of the promise, the death of hope. What they didn't realize fully on Saturday was that it wasn't the nails that held Jesus on the cross. It was his love. His love for you and his love for me. There was a greater purpose in all of this than what Mary and Jesus' followers understood at the time. Jesus was fulfilling his purpose just like he said he would. Jesus said, for this cause I came into the world. You see, Jesus wasn't a martyr. Martyrs are killed by others involuntarily, but Jesus willingly gave himself for us. He said, no man takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. But imagine the emotions they must have felt on Saturday. Regret. What if? How many times have you asked yourself, what if? What if we had stopped Judas from doing what he did? What if we had been there? What if we didn't allow them to take him in the garden? What if we didn't abandon him in his most difficult time of need? What if lots of regret that I imagine was going through their minds on Saturday? Grief, doubt, fear. I mean, can you only imagine if they did this to Jesus, are we next? Confusion. What now? We thought we had it all figured out. We thought Jesus was the answer. We thought he was going to be our physical king. He was going to help us. What now? There will be Saturdays in our lives that we experience great grief and profound loss. There will be moments that we ask, why did that happen? There's going to be moments of doubt and family issues. There will be moments of unemployment 
There will be moments of diagnosis or when the marriage fails. What are we to do in those moments? The most important thing to do on the Saturdays of confusion and doubt that we will face is to remember God's word and his promises. You see, Jesus told Mary and his followers, his disciples, what was going to happen. Matthew 26, 31, he told them, before the night's over, you're going to fall to pieces because of what happens to me. Mark 14, 27, he says, all of you will desert me. Jesus told them, for the scriptures say, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And the disciples did exactly what Jesus said they would do. We do the same thing also. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today because I don't want you to lie in church on Easter Sunday. But be honest, at least with yourself, some of you have abandoned God because of your pain. Some of you have walked away from church because things didn't happen the way that you thought they should happen. Some of you have allowed disappointments to become doubts and it's led to confusion and you've walked away from God. Do you want to know why we allow pain to move us away from God instead of to God? It's because we have forgotten or we doubt his word and his promises. That's you today and you've allowed the pain of life to move you away from God it's time to come home today. Jesus told them exactly what was going to happen. Not only that they would fall to pieces and desert him, but he also gave them promises. They just needed to remember what he had said. John 16, 16 through 22, he says, Soon I'll be gone and you'll be without me, but after a while you will see me again. You will weep and mourn and grieve, but your grief will eventually turn to joy. You will go through sorrow now, but I'll be back and you will rejoice and get this, no one will be able to rob you of that joy. They just needed to remember what Jesus said, just like we need to remember. Jesus has told us in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble. We've got to remember what he said and remember that he never yeah. promised that this life, our journey that we're on would be painless. We have to remember also his promises. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. In the darkest days of your life, don't forget God's word and his promises. Never doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. Meditate on what God has said and put your trust in it. Whatever you're going through, you need to become a person that claims the promises of God, that knows those promises. There's over 7,000 promises in God's word and you don't know them all. Un unknown and unclaimed promises are like uncashed checks sitting in a drawer. So much potential, but no value unless they're put to use. You need to know God's promises and claim them over your life. Here are some warning signs that you've forgotten the promises of God. Like the little indicators that come onto your car dashboard. Except for these are worry, doubt, fear, anxiety, there's someone here today that has all the warning lights going off in their lives and they need to remember God's word and his promise. And I'm going to give you one if you don't know any others. This is the first one that you can begin to know and claim over your life. Isaiah 43, 2 through 3 says this. When you go through the deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown and when you go through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Why? Because I, the Lord, your God, am your Savior. You need a Savior. 
That's the only way that you're going to get from the days of pain through the days of confusion to the days of victory and joy is to have a Savior because you cannot resurrect yourself. You don't have that power, but Jesus does. Put your trust in him and you'll learn how to get to the days of victory. On Sunday morning, a few women are going to the tomb as the sun's coming up. I told the first service, the sun was just rising, but the sun had already risen, if you know what I mean. Jesus shows himself to the women, then to the disciples, and then over 40 days he shows himself to hundreds of people. He has meals with people. He goes fishing with people, and all of a sudden the followers get fearless, and everything begins to click, and they understood that the power that raised Christ from the dead is available to them, and all of a sudden Christianity begins to spread, and it's not just a handful of followers anymore. Thousands are discovering the difference that Jesus makes how do you get from the days of pain and confusion to days like that, days of victory? You have to rely on the power of Jesus. I think that's what Mary did. We don't hear a lot about her during these three days, but we see her a time later still doing what she'd always done, being obedient and willing to do whatever God asked of her in her life. Today I've shared with you the difference that Jesus made to the hurting, specifically to Mary and his followers that must have been there that day, but he makes a difference in our lives today too. And I want to share another story with you, someone that you may know or recognize, and she's going to share it in her own words if you'll turn your attention to the screen today.
first thing I asked my mom was, I want a God so good that something so horrible happened to so many people. Because that's not just something that affected me, that's not just something that affected her or her family that shook our entire town. I rejected God entirely. I didn't want anything to do with it. I would fight with my mom over church and she would try to say, just let it in, just let him heal you. It doesn't, it won't be immediate, it doesn't have to happen right now. I mean, it's hard to believe that someone who wants nothing but the best for everybody to just watch my life fall apart like that. And then on Christmas she had asked me if I wanted to try out this new church. I just decided that there was no harm in it and was actually kind of excited. In a time where it felt like all of my pieces were really just shattered all over the floor, um, it just kind of brought like a whole new piece to me instead of me trying to like crawl on my knees trying to pick up the pieces. I was just brought this entire new set that are so broken and felt a little more whole. I just don't feel as empty. I mean, I'll always miss her and that day will always just floor me. It just feels nice to know that there's something bigger happening and that that is not, that that day does not define the rest of my life, that my healing process does. Over the course of one of the worst times of her life, Sierra wrote a song, and I believe it's something that God gave her. It's not only spoken to her, but other people. I believe it'll speak to you today. She's going to sing that for us. Would you welcome her this morning?
cannot get there on your own. You cannot just rely on yourself. It's not just, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, like we tell us. You cannot resurrect yourself. You need a Savior. That's why it's called salvation. If you were able to resurrect yourself, then Jesus coming to die on a cross would be a total waste. If there was another way for us to get to heaven without someone paying for our sins, don't you think that God would have done that instead of sacrificing his only son for us? But we need a resurrection, and Jesus is the only one that offers that. John 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, they will live again. I give them eternal life for believing in me, and they will never perish. Death is not the end of the story. That should only give you hope here today. We don't even fully understand all that God has in store for us. We're like an ant trying to understand the internet. It's never going to happen. But God's plans are higher than our plans and bigger than our plans. His ways are higher than our ways. He has a plan and a purpose for every life. And while we will experience pain and doubt and confusion, if we rely on the power of Jesus, we can experience life like he intended in this life and the next. If you look, you can see it there beyond the city walls. In the valley shaded by the olive trees, if you look, you can see the cave, the tomb where Jesus lay. And there he lay for three days, and all of creation mourned. Yet as those days passed, he passed through death's door. He walked right up to the gates of hell and proclaimed that the power of sin is no more. And when he rose, he left the tomb and dead men's clothes. He didn't stay. Jesus walked away, having shattered the shackles of death and sin to demonstrate his authority over what could have been tragedy and defeat. In his death, he made our salvation complete. And when we too are faced with the grave, Jesus tells us, do not be afraid, for we too shall walk a hard road as we die to our old ways and take up his name to leave behind the sin that once clothed us, where guilt cannot hold us free from all shame, alive and made new, to walk in the light of his victory, restored and renewed.
difference does Jesus make to the hurting and the heartbroken and those who are going through the worst days of their lives? The Bible says that he offers hope, that he restores life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no one that goes to the Father but by him. To get through the worst days of your life, you need to reach out for the presence of Jesus. You need to remember the promises of Jesus and you need to rely on the power of Jesus. Do you recognize a common denominator in those three things? The answer is not a principle or a key that I can tell you this morning. The answer is a person. The answer is Jesus. You want to know how Mary could endure seeing her son treated in such a manner? She did it by standing near the foot of the cross. She knew that that's where she would find the strength that she needed. Today, you don't need religion. You don't need rules. You don't need regulation. What you need is a resurrection. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Too often we settle for surface resuscitation when Jesus is handing out resurrections. And that's what he wants for your life today. He wants to resurrect you in a new life. He wants the darkest days of your life to be put to rest once and for all and through the same power that allowed him to conquer death, hell, and the grave, the same power that lives in us, he wants to bring victory to your life in the same way that he brought it to his for all of us. This morning, if you've never turned your life over to Jesus, you're never going to get out of the Fridays of pain and the Saturdays of doubt and confusion. You're never going to get to the Sundays of victory without Jesus. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. I want to give you an opportunity today to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to experience the resurrection and the life today. I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. There's nothing special or magical about these words. It's simply obedience to what the Word of God says. It's another promise of God. He says that if we believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is the Lord, we will be saved. And so today we're going, to, we're going to not only believe that promise, we're going to claim it for our lives. And I'm going to lead everyone here. And today, regardless of of what day it is that you are in your life. Maybe it's a dark day, maybe it's a gloomy day, maybe it's a day of doubt and confusion, or maybe it's, it's a pretty good day, but you recognize that our best day without Jesus is nothing compared to the life that he intended for us to have. So this morning, if you've ever prayed this prayer, but you recognize you're not in a right relationship with Christ, or maybe you've never prayed this prayer today, I want to invite you to pray along with us to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin. Today I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe that when he died on the cross, he died for my sin. And today I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus name. Jesus name. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just respecting the privacy of others. If you prayed that prayer today, whether it was for the very first time, or maybe you've prayed a prayer similar to that in the past, but you know when you walked in here today, you were not in a right relationship with Christ. But today you prayed that prayer and you took the first step of making him the Lord of your life. Would you raise your hand? You can slip it up and write back down today. Thank you, sir, for that hand. Is there anybody else? Thank you, sir. Anybody else today? I prayed that prayer and made Jesus the Lord of my life. Anybody else? Thank you, ma'am. Anybody else today? Awesome. Awesome. Would you put your hands together and thank God for resurrection and new life today? today if you
prayed that prayer and made him the Lord of your life, or recently you began a new relationship with Christ, we've got a book for you. It's just called 30 Discipleship Exercises. It'll help you in your new relationship with Christ to grow. We've got several of them over here on the altar. You can come get one after service or at the Connection Center. It's our free gift to you. We want you to have resources. You need to tell someone today the decision that you made because it's so important for your life. Today begins your relationship with Christ, but it's not the end. There's so much more that he wants for you. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward, and we're going to, I'm going to pray a prayer con conclusion, but the worship team is going to stay, and they're going to lead us in one final song. And if you're in need of prayer today, maybe you are in the darkest day of your life. Maybe you're experiencing some kind of trouble, financial situation, family problems, diagnosis, health situation, whatever it is. We, we serve a God that is bigger than death. There's nothing that's too difficult for him. And so we want to give you an opportunity. If you're done and, and you feel like you're ready to go, then that's fine. You're dismissed. But if you'd like someone to agree with you in prayer before you go today, we want to make that available to you because there's power in prayer. Our prayers, when we agree together, two or more agree together on anything, it moves the hands of God on our behalf. God is able. There's nothing that's too difficult for Him. And we're going to pray and believe God just to release His power and anointing here today. This prayer team's not here to get into your business or make that public. You can share with them as much or as little as you want. You can come up and simply say, would you pray with me? And they would be glad to do it. They've been praying this week for this service and for what God wants to do. And we're believing in these altars and big things are going to happen today. So I'm going to pray. And once again, if you want prayer, you can come forward. If you want to be dismissed, you can. God, we are so thankful for resurrection and life. We're thankful for the power of God that lives in us, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. We're thankful for days of victory and good days that we can overcome through the power of Jesus. That in our darkest days, you haven't forgotten us, that you love us. The Bible tells us while we're still sinners, that's the moment Christ died for us. But God, your desire is to give us a life that's victorious. And thank you for those that receive that today and those that walk in that new life. Lord, I pray that as we walk out of here today, we would proclaim, as Mary did when leaving the tomb, I have seen the risen Lord. And that we would declare the goodness of God to everyone that will hear and all that will know what you've done and the difference that Jesus makes. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of Easter at New Life today. If you like prayer, come and find one of these prayer team members today before you go.